I love a man in turmoil. That gets me. Yeah. A, uh, not a damsel, but just regular distress. A, a dame. No, that's still a woman. A, a prince in distress. <laughs> yes. Sweet, I love sweet me a prince. prince in distress. You know that whole trope, you know, the prince the in distress. Prince I'm really vibe. into that. <laughs> We watched The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe mm. recently. God, remember how I am obsessed st- we were? I, I am still <laughs> to Peter, and he is not, it is not okay anymore. How old is he in that? We, okay, let's put that in the next fact check, because okay. I have a lot to say for this fact oh, check. Oh, good. Did you so fact check get me, into it? because I didn't fact I check I fact checked so much stuff. Okay, great. Um, but we'll fact check Peter, I was going to say Peter Pettigrew, ill, Peter Pevensey's <laughs> oh, no. age, yes. um, because I, it was, it's not okay, but I'm. I'm still very much I mean, the, it's not okay that. because they're definitely like teenage, like they're like right. school age. It's like I also, Sandlot. I'm still attracted to him too. He's like, he's like 10. <laughs> so hot. No, he's not 10, but he's like 14. He's, yeah, he's like 13 maybe. Yeah. But like, you're just like going back into your old yes. self. Like it's not, yeah. It's not like we would see him at Kroger's and be like, damn, look at that 13 year old. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. If I saw him. Well, <laughs> I'd be like, he is a handsome young man. Yes. He will yes, grow that will... into an attractive man. Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to get right into this fact check because we have a lot to go through. Um, <laughs> so in the pilot episode, I said that Scott Porter was the oldest and he is, but I said he was 32. He was 27. Oh, good. Cause I said, I thought he was 28. I know you makes were me more smart. More right. You. Right. More smart. Yeah. More smarter. And me and me more dumb. Most, but dumb. most dumb, me more smart. <laughs> me more smart. <laughs> so then it got me on this whole you know, I wanted to see all the ages, so I did them in order. So Minka Kelly was 26, who plays Lila. Taylor Kitsch was 25, who played Tim. Zach Guilford, who plays Matt, was 24. Adrian Palicki Tyra was 23, which you said that was correct. And then Jesse Plemons Landry was 18. Amy Seagard and Julie was 16. So they were the only two actual teenagers. Mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons looks as old as the rest of them. Ooh, that's not nice to say. They all look as young um, as Jesse Plemons. Right. Well, Jesse, no, he. I think he would agree. He's got an old, old, an old face. Yeah. And his like. Not in a bad way. Personality and mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so Landry and Julie are the only true teenagers. So Julie's like her real age. I know. Okay. What else did we get wrong? So. <laughs> I got wrong. I'm going to own up to these things. Um, And I thought this would be a good segue. So I said that the film that I was an extra in with Minka Kelly was a short film. It was like a standard length film called Searching for Zenny. I just said short film for some reason. But I thought this might be a good time to talk about how you found the note from Minka. Yes, I finally found the note that Minka Kelly wrote me that Monica went to her trailer to uh, hound her for and <laughs> just banging down the door yeah no she had an axe um 
the shining style no she asked politely um but i do feel a little bit bad because i had thought i thought it was in so we have like these just big bins that are filled with things that people gave me when i had cancer because people just like uh give you you a lot of stuff yes and and we've been through all of it but it's also a lot of it is like not stuff that you want to throw away but you don't have any use for it you also don't want to like put it on display anymore it's we we just have cancer boxes now is what we call them (laughs) we're like i think it's in the cancer box um and dean box yeah and i thought my worry box (laughs) i thought that it was in there and i've had my mother like digging through the boxes all weekend long and she God love her. Uh, but oftentimes I s- ask her to look for things or like send her an email and she's like, I don't, I didn't get it. And I'm like, you did though. It's because <laughs> I sent I it. So it. it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so this time I was like, well, I know it's in there. I just recently went through the boxes and saw it in there. And I had her look like five times and I just found it in the back of my car. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> in a in a box of stuff that I had taken from my parents. So I clearly had like been through the box, seen it, decided to take it with me and just forgot that last part. So sorry, mom. <laughs> I found it. But um, it's framed in this cute little thing. We're excited to post a picture. By this time, you yeah. guys will have already seen it. But uh, yeah. But yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it's really cute. And I remember Carly really liked, she said something about like, you know, I hope you're you're feeling strong in this fight with cancer or something. And we, and Carly really liked the fact that she named what she was going through and not just like, I hope you feel okay in these hard times. You know, she was yes. like real about it, which we love. Yes. Go Minka. And so many of the things that you get are like disingenuous, mostly just because people don't know what to say. They're just like, feel better, feel better. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to feel better. I have to do chemo right. for a year. <laughs> I'm not going to feel better like ever. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be feeling worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, worse. Yeah. But she said, "I'm sorry you're ha- you- that you're in this fight with cancer," which like doesn't yes. place blame. It describes the situation. It was really sweet, and her handwriting yeah. is like perfect and bubbly and cute, just yeah. like you would think it is. Oh, <laughs> I know. My one regret is that I'm not good at like asking for what I want sometimes. <laughs> and when I when I went up to the trailer to ask about the note to her like assistant, she was like, "Do you want her to come out, or do you want me to just go get the oh, note?" She I was did. Like, yeah. I go, you just go get the note. And then I was like, oh, I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> I know. I was like so, so mad, but it's okay. Well, and it's awkward to be like, yes, I want her to come out. <laughs> yes, yes, she must come out and meet me. I would like her to what- p- step out of her trailer and curtsy, please. <laughs> right. Bow down before me. Yes. But yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to crack the end open of the pilot. Roy real quick. Oh, please do. This is not mm. a Dr. Pepper, y'all. I have to you know, live longer than the age of 50. I can't drink one every time. So exactly. Just deal with it. I feel like I should be transparent. I'm drinking a beer this time. <laughs> it's been a long I'm surprised day. you haven't had a little glass of wine when we record yet. I know. I mean, I will, but I'm kind of like in the, the Celsius. Yeah. Although the, the LaCroix gives me the burps. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, at the end of the pilot episode, I said that I was like, God, we're going to be doing this forever. It's over 100 episodes. It's 76. We're good. It's still going to be, you know, over a year journey for us, but it's not 100 episodes. That just feels yeah. a little less daunting. Yes. Um, speaking of shows that are over 100 episodes, you said that I think you were comparing the length of the scripts of Gilmore Girls to oh, the yeah. amount of film that Friday Night Lights has. And you said that they had 60 plus, 60 plus page 60 scripts. Plus. And so I was curious. <laughs> 60 Gilmore plus. Girls, they were like closer to 90. 
You're, yeah, so the average script for an episode of Gilmore Girls is 75 to 80 pages, which a normal hour-long television show is around 45 to 50. That is Ooh. so long. That is so long. And you know that, you know, you couldn't get a word wrong. Totally. Well, and uh, Kevin T. Porter, our our boy, one of the hosts of, of Gilmore Guys, the podcast that does Gilmore Girls, said that when Amy Sherman Palladino... This is too ASP. many things to define as I'm telling the story, but <laughs> Kevin T. Porter, Amy <laughs> Palladino. Uh, the director, the creator of Gilmore Girls submitted the script to the network and, and they were like, are they all going to be the song? And she goes, don't worry, they'll talk fast enough for it not to matter. And she did just that. <laughs> and she was correct. <laughs> yes. Um, this is something that I got correct. Emma Watson is 30. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's exactly 30. Hmm. And then, okay, this is exciting. I couldn't tell which episode she's in, but Janice is in Friday Night Lights in 2006, really? which is the first Wait. 10 episodes. So it could have been her that you saw. Janice from Friends? Yes. Her name is like Maggie Wheeler or something. We can Maybe she look comes that up back again. or something. I know. It, it like says she's... teacher in 2006. Interesting. Also I know. so random that I like thought I saw her, but she probably, she is on and probably is a different character. I know. We'll have to see. And it's in the first 10 episodes, so it's going to happen very soon. Oh, speaking of crossovers, I saw yeah. recently that um, the actress who plays Tyra, I always want to call her Amy, but it's... Adrian. Adrian. Um, she's in Supernatural. Really? A couple episodes of Supernatural with Jared Padalecki. <laughs> yes. Okay. The Gilmore Friday Night Lights um, universe crosses over a lot. Mm, or a good amount. Yeah. I mean, we already said Mad Supri, but we won't say what in what capacity. Who's no, but Logan? look for our boy. Well, my and boy. I thought there was one. More. Oh, um, Scott Porter, who's Jason, is in a movie with Alexis Bledel. Mm. And Alexis Bledel is also in a movie with Matt Saracen, Zach Gilford. Wow. Yeah. Two. I didn't know that Both. Matt Saracen was in anything other than Friday Night Lights, <laughs> but I also it's, didn't know that Alexis Bledel did anything in the film industry outside of Gilmore Girls. I know. Well, She's it's not funny. Active. I know. She is an enigma to me because, you know, uh, she wasn't a great actress a lot of the time. She was very inconsistent. Like, yes. she had her moments, but she was very inconsistent. She's, like, really good in Handmaid's Tale and, like, was nominated. I've heard that she's good in that show. I haven't watched Handmaid's Tale, but it's actually Jenny and I have been thinking about starting it this week. I watched the first season and was kind of like, whew, that's, that's a lot. I heard it's heavy. And I actually really like what Alice Wetterland says. She like She's um, another comedian, and she's on the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel rewatch podcast. Can you tell we're fans? Um, she has her podcast? own special on Netflix yes. as well. Yes. Which I am I in. Oh, yeah. Wait, I, is it Amazon Prime, though? I don't know. I never Netflix? actually looked it up to watch it. Yeah, it doesn't it. matter. I'll, you can find it. To clarify so we don't have to fact check it later, I was not in it, but I was in the crowd at the <laughs> filming. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. Well, she's hilarious, and she notoriously does not like Handmaid's Tale. And she goes, "It's oh. only, it's only like nominated stuff because it looks like it's through an Instagram filter." And I kind of <laughs> love that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I do love her. That's the night that I like. <laughs> I need to cut this out. No. That I like really drunk DM'd Kevin T. Porter. <laughs> oh my god! What? Wait, what did you say? I forget. <laughs> I was like telling him that I was also homeschooled and from Texas, and like, oh, I really gushed. Because and went through like a and went through like a faith deconstruction. I, it was a long message, but like I only did it because I I 
tagged him in my Instagram story at the Alice Wetterland show. And then he responded and he was like, yeah, girl, or something generic. And then I was like, (laughs) you took it and ran with it. Oh, yeah. Don't ever look at As my I DMs would. with Kevin T. Porter. It's very upsetting. Oh, I think you should post them. Kevin, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not even He's obsessed gonna... with him. I just like really want to be his friend. Like I'm not into him. I don't have a crush on him. I know. I just want to be we're just friend. we just want to be his friend really, yeah. really badly. I think we should make it a goal that he's a guest on this show. Hundred percent. Yeah. So my final fact check, and then we can finally get in the episode, <laughs> is that I mentioned this expert that's on armchair expert with Dax Shepard and she talks about masculinity. Her name is Liz Plank. Oh. She has really good things to say. So I would recommend that episode. I don't think I've listened to that one. Yeah. I've listened to it like thrice. <laughs> I've listened to the one with Dax's mom easily three oh, times. So good. That one makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Although her life was upsetting. Yes. It makes me sad and happy. And on so that happy. note, what else has made us sad and happy this week? The Panthers? Um... Yes. I would say they made me sad and then happy and then sad again. Let's I, get into it. I agree. Let's do okay. it. It's time. All right. Wait, we have to do our intro. I'm Carly. And I'm Monica. And, and this, this is Texas, Texas Forever. Forever. <laughs> I think we got that one. I did too. Okay. Did I read the synopsis last time or did you? Um, I did. I think it's your turn. Okay. It's just a short, it's a shorty. The IMDb synopsis of season one, episode three, Wind Sprints, is the Panthers suffer a humiliating loss. Lila tries to help Jason believe that he will walk again. Jason! Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We pulled the (laughs) soundbite. We did. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I... I don't know. This episode is kind of tricky. I I don't find it to be a filler episode at all. But not everybody's story moves forward. Like, it's really focused on a small moment in time, I feel like. Um, Yeah. Like, nothing really goes on with Matt. I mean, it's really just Tim and Lila and them wrestling with the aftermath of Jason's injury. and And wrestling tongues. Yeah, they are. We'll get into it. Um, yeah, I feel like that's that's pretty on point. Uh, Panthers lose this week. They do, and it was humiliating because there there's like a, it's like a team that they should easily beat. Mm-hmm. And I actually have something to say about that in the football section. Sweet. Um, I will say that I liked that they lose. I mean, I was sad that they lost, but no, um, but. I liked it as a plot point because I don't think it would have been believable for them to just come back after because the last game that they played was the in, the injury. Right. Because we, oh yeah. episode two was only the lead up to this game. It ends with the kickoff. Yeah. yeah. And so I liked that they did not win this game. I thought it was productive and real because honestly yeah. they wouldn't. And I also they liked wouldn't that have won. it wasn't really Matt's fault. Like Matt played a pretty good game. And, he did. and Coach T told him that. Not nearly good enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got mm-hmm. a we got a whooping by Coach T I know, this week. We did, and I mean it makes sense because they're they're dealing with a lot. I mean, not only did they lose their team leader, but they're also just like really sad and upset and mm-hmm. lost, and so it makes sense that they wouldn't win. Yeah, I loved that we didn't really like. I mean, other than Tim, we didn't really follow 
or Tim and Lila, we didn't follow anybody individually as much as they do in other ap- in other episodes. It was really mm-hmm. like about the team as a whole. Like we got a lot of big practice scenes, big game scenes, big exercise scenes, whatever, because it's showing us the team fraying at the edges and it wasn't really about any one person we needed to watch that like team environment and all of them together and see how they were starting to break apart and i loved that mechanism unravel yeah should we get into texas things yeah let's do it texas is a place i really love to be Okay, so the first thing is obviously Billy putting inside <laughs> with a golf club. I didn't write that one down, but I did love that. It, but also, I was kind of curious, so tweeted us, but do other people do that? I know that, like, my family and my brother definitely, like, put they? golf balls into cups all over the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a dude thing even more than a Texas thing, but it was just so funny to me. Yeah, I did love that. Okay, one of my favorites was really tiny. You might not have caught it, but when the coaches are watching tape on Voodoo, or they don't give us a non-offensive name to call him. They either call him Voodoo or Katrina Kid. <laughs> I know. Wait, no, no. They do say his first name because I rewound the scene. Oh, really? Because um, Buddy says his real name to the guy that knows him. He's like, Voodoo Tatum? Oh, but I, I forget shoot, what the I real name it. was. Yeah, well, but, yeah. yeah, we're going to we'll go with Voodoo, Voodoo regrettably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they're watching his tape and the coaches are dipping. They're spitting into a, a oh. cup in the middle. That kind of cracked me up. It was like really subtle. That is the grossest habit. I'm sorry. <sighs> I agree. Worse than smoking, worse than just anything. I agree. I know. I didn't love watching Coach T dip. I know. I remember, you know, when you hear overhear things when you're little and you like don't know what they mean and then you mm-hmm. form a meaning in your head and then it lasts way too long and then you're like, oh my God, that's what I used so, to believe. So many things. Yes. I remember, I won't say who it was. Someone in my family had been dipping a distant relative or something. A distant relative. <laughs> a distant relative. I mean, obviously it wasn't like Just one of the my weird sister. cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll say it was like a cousin or something. But I remember I go and I heard dipping tobacco and I thought, tabasco so i would like stare at tabasco at the table and be like how do you like is he dipping it like is he putting it on his tongue i just like could not figure it out okay wait i have the funniest story about those childhood out of context things i saw it's short i saw when i was really little i remember i was like just snooping through my uh parents room i was typical i'm a curious person i i like to snoop i don't have any bad you know intentions i just snoop doggy dog yeah just, what is that? I don't I don't know that one. That's Michelle from Kimmore Girls. Oh <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog. I remember that. Um and I was like looking through their bedside table drawers because I think I had probably like just learned about sex or something, and I was just like looking for evidence or or like to learn more. Uh first thing I went for, parents' bedroom nightstand. And I found <laughs> what I now na- it doesn't get gross, I promise. <laughs> what I found that I now know to be an ace bandage <laughs> I thought was a condom for like most of my life. No, not most of my life. At least a few years after that. Did and you I, think that like it was wrapped in I an ace wondered, bandage? I imagined every possible scenario for that to be used in intercourse. Uh, was so confused. Uh, I love those things. Okay. The other thing I thought was really Texas was the pancake supper. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was We cute. actually had that. It was cute. I went to school in 
Nashville and we had they had that every um night before finals like every oh, semester cute. yeah it was cute and also I just love that they call it a pancake supper not pancake dinner <laughs> that's okay, very yeah, Texas I, I literally went to write my notes I was like pancake I was like dinner breakfast like what did they call it yeah supper I saw a meme recently that was like, who says supper? Like, what are you going to summon your children out from the fields? And I'm like, mm, people in the South say supper. <laughs> Time for supper. Time for supper. Um, oh, I also wrote down that just the Alamo freeze in general is very Texas, but it reminds me specifically of, I think that our little Fort Worth version of that for me was Kincaid's. Oh. Yes. Kincaid's is like this little, one of the things I love and miss about Texas is that we had like real burger places. So like not chain, just like little mom and pop burger shops. Um, And one of ours was called Kincaid's. And it was just like Alamo Freeze, you know, kind of run down from the outside and you go in and there's just delicious burgers. And my dad, we'd always go there after football games and stuff. Yes. Yes. So good. Um, Speaking of that, did you like how Julie was really passionate about what she wanted to eat? Big deal. Two burgers. Onion bacon, rings, diet coke, spicy sandwich and dad, don't do it with those hamburgers. Go sit down. Too much dead cow. Okay. What? <laughs> Somehow I have so many things to say about this clip. I'm so glad you pulled it because first of all, Julie, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Second of all, if you noticed, as she's screaming her order as she walks into the restaurant, there are there's somebody else in line in front of her. Yes. Little entitled witch. Yeah. Third of all, I feel like her, the sort of like vegetarian healthy thing that they apply to her character reminds me, it's like so half-assed by the writers. They just like yes. remember every once in a while that Julie like doesn't, is a vegetarian and throw it into an episode. And it reminds me so much of how they do that to Luke on Gilmore Girls. Uh, yes. Luke is like no one eats like Luke. Yeah, he's supposed to be some like health nut, but he also runs a diner and like diner. never talks yeah. about it. Cracks me up. That's what it's that. so weird. So I pulled. I'll do it right now. I also pulled a bite, a soundbite of Julie talking about food <laughs> and being annoyed. <laughs> I labeled mine. Why is Julie screaming? Yeah, seriously. So uh, about onions. Yeah. Also, I guess she hasn't said she's a ve- vegetarian yet, but she says it. In later episodes, but we I feel like we eat, see her eat meat. But either way, this is her at uh, comments on food at the Pancake Supper. Ew. All right, when do we get a turkey burger? Hey Julie, I got I got some soy sauces. <laughs> hey Matt. So she want to go get a turkey burger? These pancakes are disgusting. I know. I'm like, you're at a pancake supper, I you know. dumbass. But then sweet Matt is like, I brought you some soy sausages. I know, I know. which. I cannot believe that they would have soy sausages there. I feel like he cooked them at home and brought them and pretended like no, they were Julie there. Julie walked into the room her. and shouted out her order right when she got there. Soy sausages, well, no. please. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> soy sausages with onions. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should um, we should survey whether Julie actually eats meat and call it um, Julie Get Off the D. Like the Oh, yes. Okay, I like yeah. that. I love okay. it. It's a very specific segment. <laughs> <laughs> we need more specificity in this podcast. Yes. I don't think we get deep enough into anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> we just, we stay on the surface. <laughs> um, the the last, like, really Texas thing that I noticed was just this little line. Uh, Buddy Garrity says it at practice after the wind sprints night. And he just goes, never underestimate the power of a good spanking. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> I love Buddy. 
Uh, my last Texas thing, which I don't know if we want to play the clip now. It's during Tim and Tyra's breakup, or should we wait? No, let's kind do of it later. Breakdown. Yes. Um, but when, so my last Texas thing is that Tim is also putting empty beer cans into the nothingness. Oh, yes. On the side of the road. So that was obviously one thing. But then the other thing was that the faint train noise in the background is so visceral to me because I grew up right by the train. I didn't and, even I mean, that. Because there there's a big, there's like multi-track trains that just go to go Fort Worth the has, Fort Worth. a huge, there's like a really gorgeous, that's my favorite <clears throat> view of Fort Worth is over the yeah. tracks. And then, ugh, this is going to sound so Texas, where I boarded my horse, there were... <laughs> <laughs> there was a train right there. And when I first uh, put my horse there, I had to go there every single day and stand with him while the train passed. Totally got used oh, to it. <laughs> I love that. I know. Because we, I grew up right near that train track. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was first starting to like record on GarageBand, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, the train noise. I can hear it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I didn't catch that one. I love that. Yeah. And just punting the beer cans into nothing that that's yeah me and my little brother again I just like didn't realize how much of a Texan I am it's really coming out damn Grant and I used to when we were of age which in my household was 18 um would drink beer and then like put the bottles on the like upside down on the fence pointy parts and shoot them with our little daisy bb gun that I got him for Christmas so that he would shoot his eye out You'll shoot your eye out. Speaking of Christmas Story, did you catch the Christmas Story reference in this episode? No, tell me. Uh, Coach Taylor just talks about Ovaltine. Yes. Oh, about I, I pulled that clip. Okay, yeah, that cracked me up. Do you up. want me to wow. play it right now? Two Christmas Story refs. <gasps> I know. Yeah, Should let's I play, play it now? All right. Maybe I should go to Matt Saracen's house and make him some Ovaltine, read him a bedtime story. Drink your oval tea. Dude, come on, Ralphie. I gotta pee. <laughs> I mean, my family still uses Fragile, just, you know, oh, as a ubiquitous it. term. We, yeah. Our favorite is the, the whole leg lamp situation. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> God, I love that movie. Um, that's all my Texas things. All right. Should we move on to Tammy time? Yeah, let's do Tammy time. I don't have it. We, again, didn't get a ton either. of Tammy. All I had was, and actually, let me turn my page. Because I think I put it in the stray obsies, maybe. But we get our first Matt and Tammy interaction, which was awesome. Yes. You start to see her mold men as well, mm-hmm. just in a different way than Coach She's D. a molder of man and woman. She is. She's, she's, I don't know. <laughs> she's God. <laughs> she's what? She's God. She's God. Tammy is God. God is a woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the only thing I had. I I loved her little chat with Matt, but I did kind of crack up about how she sort of like immediately sells him out. Actually, I have a couple of questions about that interaction. Okay. okay. Yeah. I don't think that a student would go to the school counselor to drop a class, right? I guess because he had to get approval. Maybe. Because she, she like was like, oh, let me give you that form. So I yeah. guess. Yeah. But I, I did like not. I did think she got kind of personal a little too quickly with him, yeah. but it clearly worked. I mean, he opened up to her. So yeah, and I did like that because he isn't. That's not really something he gets from Coach T- Taylor. Um, and we kind of see the sweet, open side of you know. Obviously, he's not yeah. anything like Tim Riggins, but a lot of the characters are like 
closed off. You know, she asks him a question and he just answers it. He's like, well, you know, things are hard. Yeah. Things are difficult with my grandma. <laughs> I thought that was sweet. But she I kind of... Too. Tammy kind of immediately sells him out when she gets home. First of all, come on, confidentiality, yeah. Tammy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she just goes right home and she's like, what about this new Spilling quarterback? the tea. Yeah. And then, and then Coach Taylor's like, Who did, how'd you hear that? And she goes, Matt Saracen. <laughs> like tammy (laughs) yeah she should have been a little more respectful about that but maybe she was being intentional and letting in sort of advocating for matt a little bit where where matt couldn't be advocating for himself with coach taylor she's kind of saying you know that kid is stressed (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure yeah she's not coming home and being like you know bobby's mom is an alcoholic you know i feel like if it's about the team maybe they kind of know that that's going to be hard to not be confidential about true you know and i don't know what the real rules are with school counselors maybe if they're talking to a football player they have to talk to the coach right it's not exactly like therapy it's a little bit of a gray area i always wondered what it would be like if i because i i went to therapy for like three months and that's all i needed now i'm perfect um (laughs) you just hit that perfection level and you're like i'm done yeah and i was just like (laughs) You just hit the left. Oh, damn it. That's a book smart reference. You need to watch it so I can. <sighs> Soon I will. It's like, I know. It's I know. floating to the surface of my, you know, like when you start to watch new things and, and it starts to, it's it's getting there. Good, good, good. Um, So I'll wait to make that reference. <laughs> but I, I know, I just always thought about, because I know the rule is like, they're not supposed to come up to you if you see them in like the grocery store, but you're allowed to come up to them. Or at least that that was the rule oh, with if this you, place like, that I went to. Oh, if you like see them out. In yes. the normal world? Oh. Yeah. So I wonder, I think I would just like go up to them, but it's just funny. Oh, uh, I'd probably be, uh, I don't know what I'd do. I feel like I'd just be like, hey, how are you? And kind of do small talk and then like yeah. leave. Yeah. yeah Not like good. be like. So. Not I'm- how I usually just <laughs> plop myself down on the couch and. <laughs> right. Literally talk for 60 minutes. She like right, can't right. even get a word in my therapist. Poor girl. <laughs> I know my therapist, she'd be like. You're losing me. Like, what are you talking about? And she tried to say it in the like nicest therapist way ever, but I knew she was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> My therapist was great. She just knew that I. She just needed to listen. Yes, um, yes. Again, therapy's great. Therapy's great. Go to therapy if you're a man or a woman, <laughs> but especially if you're. A man. But especially if you're a man. Okay, uh, should we do musicians' corner, or do we have any more Tammy? I'm done with Tammy. Not forever, but just for today. Never, never, never. Oh, I'm excited about Music Corner today. Because one of my favorite songs is in this episode. (gasps) Okay, I hope that I picked the right one. Oh, I did. I know. You know which one. Yeah. I know. So this song had, this song, this episode had eight songs. Uh, Their age range was 1976 to 2006. Um, The Texas Acts were once again, can you guess it? (laughs) Explosions in the sky. What's up? What's up? Your Hand in Mine plays again and then the final explosions in the sky song is from the film the sky above the field below beautiful mm-hmm. title and then the other texas acts were mr willie nelson yeah boy yeah boy and then an artist named jerry jeff which not jerry, jerry jeff walker jeff right okay interesting wait 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 yes jerry jeff walker <laughs> i gotta check i gotta check <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you might not have pulled my favorite song because it's not a Texan. No, I know. Okay. I'm not okay. I'm not on my favorite song yet. Okay. It is Jerry Jeff Walker. Oh, so, do you not know Jerry Jeff Walker? 
<gasps> I do now. <laughs> this is a big, a big Texas goof on my exactly. I know. Well, I just you know me. I'm not a big country person, but your parents didn't listen to him. That's all. That's the only reason yeah. I know him. Right, right, right. So who is Jerry Jeff Walker? He may have come from upstate New York. What, what? But he reached <laughs> Texas before Willie Nelson did. Um, and he has stayed on. And he is not the meticulous artist Willie is. But he is no. the... his. He's kind of a drunk. Uh, he, his versions are the grabbiest. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of famous songs that you, you'd recognize. Yes, uh, like Guy Clark and... Some other ones. Anyway. He does that so, song that's like, um, whoa, whoa, I love sangria wine. <laughs> Is that not? <laughs> it's My not family loves well. that song. I just love it was just so long that it was just like what is what does he love? So people wine. In, in people in Texas like get super drunk and then they all play that song and, and they they're like that. Wah, 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 wah. Also Navajo well, Rug, you might recognize recognize from him. Yes, yes, probably. But because they were two different versions of Pick Up the Tempo. So hmm. they were by Willie Nelson and Jerry Jeff Walker in this episode. Cool. But my favorite song from this list is from a pretty pivotal scene. And it is by Pearl Jam. Oh, before you play this, I need to express how deeply I love Eddie Vedder. You love Eddie Vedder. I'm done. You're done. Is that was it? Yes. So this is Comeback by Pearl Jam. Mm. If I keep holding out, will the light shine through under this broken roof? It's only rain that I feel. I've been wishing out today. Mm, so good. No one, not man nor beast, will ever be able to be so emotionally evocative with their voice in yes, my opinion. I love it. No, I know. I, I've never I actually have probably listened to Eddie Vedder more than Pearl Jam. Because of Into the Wild. Yes. Yeah. But That's how I, I found out about Pearl Jam because they weren't oh. while we were yeah. alive really. But that song made me want to really dig deep into their catalog. Mm. I love them. Deeply. Love it. All right. That's all I got. Yay, music corner. Um, shall we review the tape? Nice. Uh, I don't have a ton of review the tape today for you guys, so suck it up. (laughs) Deal with it. But, um, I did just find, obviously, we're still toning down the shake. There were not very many, like, super tight shots in this episode. The only one that I remember viscerally is when Lila is kissing Jason on her birthday dinner night and it's like you know how sometimes movies and TVs do the like really close kissing where you can like see every cell of their lips like stretching apart <laughs> yes and the, and the spit yes. the spittle is like ugh. yeah I didn't love that um I would have cut that but well and you know what's that called when you can't hear something the first time someone film something but then you go back again we'll do this in fact check they talk about it in Gilmore guys it's called uh 
whatever. Like when you shoot something without the audio and you dub over it? No, you shoot it with audio, but whatever, there's key lines that weren't uh, loud enough. And so they have to go oh, back. Oh, it's called, um, shoot, I know what you're talking about. Ugh, I'll think about Someone's yelling this. You know what I think about when I was little and they, I would watch Blue's Clues and they would like pause for the answer. I'd be like, it's blue. It's the color blue. <laughs> That's what I feel like adults you are with idiots. podcasts. Because every time I podcast, I have a brain fart. And every time I listen to podcasts, yes. I know everything. Yeah. But I'm sure someone is screaming that at I mean, us right now. Dubbing is tech, is like a, a correct term for it, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. But we'll, I know. We'll think of, it. we'll think of it. But I know that some people, the kiss noise is loud enough. So they go back and they go, and that just makes me want to barf. I know. And when it's that close, like you just look at if their lips are uneven. Like I just always get pulled out of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we did see a lot less of that. Um, but one of my favorite random little details is that so Matt gets this cut above his eye during the football game. Oh, yeah. And in every other scene that we see him in, it is healing. And it's like such crazy attention to detail. I almost wonder if they like took a, a golf club to his eye or something. <laughs> like when he's talking to Tammy in the office, it's like scabbed over. Oh, wow. I know. It's yeah. such a tiny little I wonder if that was detail. like the makeup team or they just gave him a real... <laughs> they just clocked him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I found this episode to be nothing, like, super interesting. I do – I was curious, but I couldn't find it online. If anybody has, like, random FNL knowledge, let me know. Um, on whether or not they did that rain or if they filmed in the rain. Yeah. I – I don't know – it was hard for me to tell. It looked like real rain to me. It was so dense and wet. And they were like in a big space. Like usually if they're going to do rain on set, they're doing like a medium to tight shot. But if they're just yeah. going to film like a big open field, like the way that they were looking up that hill and there was that mud. Um, so I'm not sure if they made that or not. But either way, I thought it looked really, really good. Yeah. And I love that it clears up when Tim's walking home. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like probably an hour later, he's been walking on the highway and totally. you can see that there's like puddles on the ground, but it's the rain's over. The rain's over. So yeah. So I, I thought that over. scene was really well done. I think it's kind of, you know, you can go wrong when you do those like intense rain scenes. Rain scenes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, rain on me. Rain, rain, rain on me. Yeah, rain, yeah. rain. That's my song of the summer. Mm-mm. You know, because um, of all the clubs I've been at oh, yeah. in quarantine. And all the clubs that I go to not in a pandemic. And not in quarantine. <laughs> I was thinking about recently about how, like, my, even, I mean, even before quarantine, my, like, going out, when that stopped, it stopped hard. Oh, <laughs> me too. like, I never want to do this again. Same. I literally, and honestly, I'm pretty sure that that night for me, and it didn't have anything to do with that night. I was just, yeah. I just was like, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, yeah. was New Year's Eve was our New Year's Eve this last year yes. although I did cry I in a water burger so and if that ain't Texas oh. nothing is I definitely cried when I got home for like no reason you know what you just like drunk that's crying. exactly why I was crying don't feel bad for me yeah. don't say ah I was crying right. remember because I couldn't get a lift home because they were surging <laughs> it was like $60 and I wanted to be in bed with my dog and so I started crying yes I do remember that um but yeah and then and then I was pretty much done I was already on a I mean, I was definitely done because I don't drink anymore. So. Right, right. There's, there's that. Um, if y'all don't know, I'm, a, I'm a 
teetotaler. What is teetotaler? I didn't know what I'd never heard that term until I stopped drinking. Um, it's it just means you don't drink alcohol. It's like a weird teetotaler. T e a t o t a l l e r. I think. Wow. I know. I only I heard it for the first time. I read it somewhere after I stopped drinking, and then of course I heard like five people say it the next day. Right. Um, But yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Carly and I did sober January, and then I went back, and she did not. But that's fine. Like most people, no, I know. Do sober January. I just decided to be done. I know, but we both learned a lot. I feel like you decided, like, I'm done. And I was like, I just learned a lot in general and have not been drinking that much at all. Totally. Well, and it just, like, changes your relationship with it and the level of control. Like, even if you take a month off of drinking or whatever and you go back to the same level you were drinking it, I still think that's fine. What it does is alter your level of control over your drinking and just your relationship with it. Yeah, and I realized... I like wrote, I wrote a song called Sober January with a friend and because we were talking about how it's weird that I feel like I need an excuse to like not participate in the parts of life that I don't want to anymore. Mm -hmm. And Sober January was great to be like, oh, I'm not drinking this month, Mm -hmm. but I just need to be empowered to be like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm not doing that tonight or I'm not, you know, it's more just a practice in not only self-control, but in just saying no and not caring what people think. And breaking the norm. I I read an awesome book if anybody's interested in not drinking anymore whether it's like because you're worried or just because you are uncomfortable with your level of drinking even if that's one glass of wine a night um it's and now i'm not gonna remember the name um (laughs) it's called this naked mind i believe Mm. um it's really really good but it talks about how and she's in marketing and she talks about how like insane the social pressure is around drinking and yeah like because of the advertising world and it is not easy to say I'm not drinking tonight or especially like when I tell people like oh I don't drink people when you're young and sober oh boy do they have questions such inappropriate questions even when you're in your 60s I mean my mom doesn't drink that much yeah and like the amount of times she has to like I and I can just feel her being like you know having to say an excuse or just and I'm just like they people shouldn't make you feel that way no matter what age you are and also the fact that my mom is like super fun and stays out as late as people like exactly you would you would think that she was drinking anyway it's like one thing if you're like you're boring and that's also fine if you're boring but yeah it's just yeah she says in that book that i've always thought was the most accurate thing i've read since being sober is uh she's like everybody always thinks that the sober people are alcoholics and i'm like i'm the one who is not drinking (laughs) you are the one who is drinking so like when i say i'm sober they're like oh wow so you're an alcoholic and i'm like no, I actually, I drink less than you. I don't so. drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink. Exactly. Uh, anyways. Um, yes. I believe we can close out, uh, review the tape. I don't have a, a lot this week. Um, That's all good. I think our big scene was the rain, and I think they killed it. Cool. Yeah, I just have a quick uh, football thing if we want to do that. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to monsplain some football. I love the whistle. It's so fun. So, yeah, all I had was, so obviously, like we said in the beginning, they have their second game. They clearly are just sloppy and not doing well and for a lot of different reasons. But at the very end, it's Matt, right, that doesn't get the touchdown. Yeah, he falls like three, like one yard short or something. Really close. So for people that don't know, and this is kind of a basic thing, so this is for like 
people that really don't know anything about football, but all you need. For, <laughs> yeah, you, is, I didn't mean to say that like condescending, just like <laughs> this isn't like this crazy of a fact, but it is kind of fun to like, you know, I don't know, tell people about football that really don't know it's anything. fun for me because I yeah. watched football growing up, but have not since I left for college. So it's good. Fresher good. up. Fresher up. Yeah. So all you need for a touchdown or a TD is to cross the plane before your knees down. So his, so you don't have to be all the way in the end zone. You don't have to cross the line with your full body. You just need to, that's why a lot of times they're like diving into the end zone. And so Matt stretched out his hand and had his football, but his knee was down before he crossed the plane. So if you ever hear like he didn't cross the plane, that's what it means. And also to add an extra bit of knowledge, Please. the ball has to cross the line, but it, the halfway point of the ball has to cross the line. Really? I'm pretty sure. I didn't know Someone that. Someone correct me if okay. I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm almost positive. You can't just get the tip. <laughs> Not just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure like half of the ball has to cross the line. Okay. But just the tip for <laughs> as as many young Christians did to still claim they were virgins. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, but football has some weird rules like that. Like, yeah. That are that f- seem kind of subjective, like how you have to have control of the receiver has of to have ball. control of the ball for it to count as a catch. Um, and it, yeah, it's so subjective. It's like, yeah. what does control mean? But you know when you see it. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's like porn. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's when the penis goes in. <laughs> that is that's Brandy Max. Okay, that is Brandy Max from Parks and Rec, who is the sex worker. And one of the funniest lines she says that I literally cracked out, cracked out. I I was cracked out. (laughs) Speaking of being an addict. No, I cracked up out loud at was when she is talking about all the films she's been in. And she goes, 50 shaved old gays. (laughs) I've never heard that one. (laughs) And then she goes, and Argo. And they're like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I had a small part in Argo. Yes. So just so we understand, Brandy Max and Leslie Nope are basically the same person. <laughs> okay. I love that. This is an excellent segue because oh, guess who has a cameo in that episode of Parks and Rec? Who? Buddy Garrity. Yes. So that's the episode that we just quote. <laughs> Money <Yeah>. shot. <laughs> Kill shot. The episode that we just quoted of Parks and Rec is the episode when Leslie Nope is running for city council and they're having a debate with, with Paul It is Rupp. called The Debate in season four. One of my favorite episodes. Same. Um, and Buddy Garrett, the guy who plays Buddy Garrity, is one of the people running for the seat. And he's like just the gun guy. And he's like, I want to open a gun emporium and have uh, – a automatic rifle mounted to your car that shoots anybody who breaks into your car. <laughs> He's wearing a bolo tie. A bolo tie. And they ask, yeah, representing Texas. So speaking of Buddy Garrity's bolo tie in Parks and Rec, shall we segue into the fashion report? Fashion. Nice. I love it. Um, I will say I liked all of Lila's little tank tops. Yes, I had, especially the one in the last few scenes, the halter. Very cute. I like the one that she wears when she first visited, visits Jason Moore. Yeah, it's really cute. But all of her clothes are cute and her little boobs and her like perfect skin tone. Ugh, I hope that she fake tans because it would make me feel better about the world. <laughs> <laughs> I know her skin is it's so perfection. Um, uh, did you see Julie and her khaki 
Bermuda shorts at the Alamo freeze? No, because I I put she had a really cute high pony. Oh, her ponytails are cute. Her ponytails. I was distracted, but if she had Bermuda shorts, they were ugly. Yikes. (laughs) Um, Did you see Matt and his boxers? (gasps) Yes, I liked it. Um, not as sexy and hard to go up against in the same episode as Tim in the rain. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Yikes. That is mama. Ooh. He's one of those. So call me crazy, but oh, I will <laughs> him. He and okay. So, okay. Let me just, you know, break this down for y'all. My type <laughs> is, is, is typically more, you know, like kind of boyish cute. Right. Monica, you like, probably, yeah, she, you've always yeah. like, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but like boyish good looks. Yes. People always think they're like, you like the skinny artsy. I'm like, okay, they're not, they don't have to be skinny and <laughs> but you artsy. Do kind it's of. just, I mean, <laughs> they sometimes could be, but Timothy it's more just like Timothy Chamelay. is yeah. like a perfect example of, of dream yes. boy. But if he were but buff, like, it wouldn't disqualify him. Exactly. And we canceled Ansel Elgort, so this is tricky, but Ansel Elgort is like my ideal, like boyish cute, but still like pretty tall and big. I don't know who that Here's is. Something. He's in the Fault in Our Stars, and oh, definitely never saw that. <laughs> okay, well, I, Baby Driver. Have you ever seen Baby Driver? No, you would love that. I remember okay. wanting to see it in theaters, and nobody would go with me. Not because he, they didn't like me. Uh, people, why do I need to clarify that? <laughs> My friends just didn't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> he okay. and he's going to be in the West Side Story movie. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but all that is to say, I. F- Channing Tatum and like mm. Taylor Kitsch, they took me a second. Jason Momoa, they take me a second yeah. to like think are hot. I'm like kind of just scared of them at first. <laughs> <laughs> Too much uh, testosterone. Yeah, it's kind of like they look like a kind of like an animal or something. Mm-hmm. And then a little beast like. And I was like, Taylor Kitsch is like, I literally thought he was like gross when I first watched this. Which I is did crazy. too, actually. Yeah. And then this episode. Yeah, changed my life. I will. I will also break up apart my taste in men. <laughs> Please, let's do it. Um, I was not team Riggins in high school. I remember having very animated debates uh, with one of my high school friends. Was big team team Riggins, and I always thought his face was too effeminate. Like he has a little pretty, a pretty little face. Um, yes, and I like him a little. I like. Almost opposite of what Monica said. I like as the more beast-like they look, <laughs> I'm pretty much good to go. Um, Jason Momoa did not so need to grow. Any on of me. you guys out there are single and beast-like? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> and if you look like Peter Pevensey, hit us both up. Mm, seriously, although mm. I don't usually go for the blonde. Again, a surprise with Riggins. I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I usually like them tall, dark, handsome, oh, and wait. large. You think Riggins is blonde? Yeah, he's. I'd call him a blonde. A blonde? Yes, yeah. dark brown hair. Eh, it's dirty blonde. <laughs> it's like the I same color as Julie's, just without the highlights. No, no. He I has said no without blonde the in his hair. Oh my gosh, my stomach's rumbling so loud. I'm worried <laughs> my mic is going to pick it up. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about Tyra. I mean, Tim's blondness next time. <laughs> Monica heartily disagrees with I'm me. I'm really upset. Well, I wouldn't call him a brown-haired man either. He's not the sort of brunette that I... Okay. You know. I mean, his, he, I would call him like a light brunette. I just wouldn't call him blonde or even dirty blonde. We can call it what my mom calls my hair, which is dishwater blonde. Yeah. Yeah. 
She's a lovely woman. Just kidding. She Beautiful. is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. She is. Okay. Next note. She is. Most of the time. Um, but yeah. So I, Tim Riggins actually had to grow on me because of his pretty little, pretty little face. That's funny because I think he's like was apish and then he got pretty to me. Yeah. <laughs> he could he could play a prince. He could totally play Prince could. Caspian, speaking of Narnia. Mm, would love to see him. Yeah. Taylor Kitsch. One of my favorite. Let's remake the Prince Caspian movie. Yes. Oh, um, one of my favorite quotes from my friend, um, our friend Jessica from high school. She when we went to see a movie together, the Prince Caspian trailer came on and he goes, Hello, I am Prince Caspian. And she leans over and she goes, Hello, Prince Caspian. <laughs> he was cute. I remember that. <laughs> he was so cute. Now that is a brown haired man. Yes. All right. Um, brown hat. You know that I love that Van Morrison song. What's it brown called again? Brown man. Blue eyed girl. It's, it's brown eyed girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Brown um, eyed, brown haired man. Yes, our sweet prince. Uh, <laughs> I pretty much stopped my fashion report after Tim Riggins. Did you say something? <laughs> oh, no, I thought you, I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just stare at each other for like a good three seconds. <laughs> Some extended eye contact. <laughs> no, yeah, the Tim Riggins, that was it. I think we should go ahead and yeah, break the episode down. I agree. Okay, so let's talk let's talk the episode. Win sprints. Yeah. Win sprints. I was not, I don't know. Did you do your win sprints? No, I was about to say I don't Before this I've episode. never heard wind sprints as a I've heard like suicide and like hills and sprints. Right. But I don't know what a, a true wind sprint is. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. They looked painful. Yeah, I, they did not look enjoyable. So did Matt you do your takes wind sprints a... before this. <laughs> Are you trying to say? I know I heard you, you the first time. <laughs> did you do your did you do your wind sprint? No, I don't run on Mondays and Fridays. But yesterday oh, well, I, I did. And it was really rough because I'm oh, I haven't I don't know if I've told you guys yet. I'm at or we talked about at the beginning. I'm at our cabin. I'm in New Mexico right now. Um, which is really lovely, but I tried to run yesterday and it's at 9,500 feet of elevation. <laughs> so yeah, that's rough. It was slow. Um, so Matt takes a pretty, pretty heavy beating during our game this week. He does. We get yes, a, a number of like sack sacking shots of him just being totally tanked and our Panthers yes. lose. Yeah. They lose a game. They should have easily won. Yeah. Um, and and I liked that. So Smash kind of comes up to coach during practice and, and is like, we have a clear weak link. And I think that that makes that mentality makes sense for this team right now, because if you think about it, they've always been the team that was designed around Jason Street, the quarterback. And when they yeah. lose that. They're like, oh, well, we have a weak link. A weak link is the quarterback. And the coach is like, well, actually, not everybody has a Jason Street and the whole team has to be strong. <laughs> right. Yeah, they've kind of it's kind of like when you have a group project and you all rely on one heavily. That's what they've been doing. They're all talented, but they've mm -hmm. been just kind of taking a backseat. Totally. Um, and we don't really see a lot of smash this episode either, actually. No, but he does. He does tip off the whole win. Yes. Thing. Yeah, he is yeah. responsible for. Well, no, he's not. Not a lot. I mean, a lot of things lead up to it. Yeah. Yeah. So the big disruptor in this episode is obviously 
Voodoo Tatum, who I forget uh, his first name, but they do call him Voodoo. So we were going to call him Voodoo again, regrettably. <laughs> regrettably. <laughs> regrettably. But yeah, what do you think about that storyline? I mean, I just, it's, I, I think it's interesting because it's this family that you, you want to feel bad for. And the guy is just such a dick. I know. You don't. And, I don't I I think that was an interesting take like cuz I think if he would have been more of a sympathetic character that it just would have been a different storyline but the fact that you know you're dealing with okay our football team is doing poorly really poorly we've lost Jason Matt can step it up but he like barely has any time to the rest mm-hmm. of the team has to step it up so we kind of have this like amazing option and we can you know help this family out that was you know, suffered this great tragedy with Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. But then again, the guy's like, I will make it to the NFL, you know, and like, well, and I thought he just does not have an attitude that Coach Taylor drives with. Right. Yeah. It's not the type of person. It's not the type of kid that Coach Taylor works with. The He's like non-malleable and he's so stuck up. And, And I do like that they put him in there, though, because that is, you know, not every player is like Matt or Jason, um, mm-hmm. there are, especially in Texas, a lot of players who are like that. They have agents at the high school level and they want to make it to the NFL and they don't really care about anybody else. Um, right. But I like what you said that he's not malleable because you do have Tim who's so hard to deal with. You do have smash that whose confidence is so annoying and his ego gets to him, but they are malleable. Like mm-hmm. coach Taylor can get to them. And like first scene, you're like, this guy's not going to listen to coach Taylor. And coach all. Taylor knows he's like, um, I don't like this. Yes. But the fact I thought that he, it was interesting that he like, you know, Buddy goes in, he's being so like, oh my God. we just want to help this family. You know, he's being so annoying. And then Coach Taylor, he just talks to him straight and he's like, it's earned on the field. You're not, it's not going to like be handed out in a hotel room. I think that Voodoo actually weirdly likes that. So I think mm-hmm. in a weird way, Coach Taylor, I don't think he meant to do this. He kind of convinced him to go look yeah. at the Panthers more seriously. Well, and clearly because we see him walk onto the field at the end of the episode. Yeah, and um, I love the, the the fact that, like, you've totally forgotten that storyline by that point. I know. I, I actually even wrote in my notes, I was like, oh, we and we end on this shot. But then uh, it, the episode wasn't over yet. But I do love this storyline because Coach Taylor and Voodoo are, like, actually in similar positions. And they're, like, forced to be mutually uh, dependent on each other because Coach Taylor is about to lose his job. After the Jason Street incident, he pretty much had the one chance, and they lost a really bad game. And in in the Texas football world, seasons are short. I'm pretty sure they only play 12 games or so. Um, you don't you don't get to state if you've lost more than one game, and right. even losing one game and not being undefeated is a big no no. It's a big upset. Yeah, yeah. And so like, Coach Taylor's about to lose his job, and he knows that he kind of needs to. It's Hail Mary time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Voodoo, obviously, um, I mean, his life is in disarray after Katrina. I also let, thought, felt like this was a really real tidbit. I, I remember displaced people after Katrina. Yeah. Um, being We were around. old enough to, like, know about that. Yeah. And they, and they like, came we were to like Texas. 12, 13. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was a cool, that's a cool aspect. Yeah, I agree. Although it, it is just. I mean, I know that they write voodoo intentionally to just get a rise out of the viewer, but oh, don't you just hate his stuck-upness? Oh, same. And we're going to see more of him mm-hmm. 
in the next few episodes. But yeah, the big the other big thing is the Tim and Tyra breakup. Should we talk about exactly? That? Um, although I was just going to start in with with really just Tim. So we find out in this episode that Tim has still not been to see Jason like at all, not even once. Has not looked him in the eyes since he went down on the field. Yeah. And um and we see I mean we saw Lila even since the first episode kind of tapping Tim and being like, "Hey." But in this episode she really lays it on. She comes to his house, she gets to him at school, and she's really persistent. And I also mm-hmm. think that part of me was trying to figure out why her character would do that. Like I mean, she loves Jason. She wants his best friend to be there. But I also think, and we see it at the end, that she's also mm-hmm. kind of pissed. Like, Jason wants Tim, and he's not wanting her right now. Yeah. So she's having to, like, give Jason, figure out a way to get Tim there, to give Jason what he wants, while all in the same knowing that she's not who he's asking for. Yeah, that's so true. So I, I love that. I love that we see the mrs street and tim interaction and they have the tuesday night dinner thing know, you know she's cute. like you know you can still come over and i just love that that like we said in the first episode they did a really good job of establishing quickly their best friendship mm-hmm. and i thought that was just another continuation of that and i liked that she wasn't mad or anything she just like even though she knows how much her son and her family is going through she still had sympathy for tim knowing that he's going through something too and instead of calling him out she was just kind of like you know, Jason misses you and we love you. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet. Um, totally. I thought the cath- the moment when Lila and Jason are kind of like getting saucy um, and the catheter moment was just another way that they like totally nail what it's like to be, to have an injury or like medical procedure, medical event like that. So yeah. especially like a long-term injury or something like, you know, his spinal cord or, or cancer So, like, your regular life will start to seep through the cracks every once in a while. You'll have, like, a really normal moment. And then seriously, like, then the blink of an eye, your injury or whatever ailment, like, comes back and you're a sick person again. You just cannot get away from it. And I empathize with that so much. And it's always in the most embarrassing, horrifying way. Like, and he's so, so horrified. so embarrassed. (sighs) I just felt for him so much. And he's just trying to have a normal moment and, and... your injury just doesn't like And he you. literally, like, he cannot control his, like, masculinity, which mm-hmm. is so rough. And they, yeah, they just captured that embarrassment and that shame so well. Totally. And I also think that they made, a, they, like, underlined that point really well in this episode of, like, really showing us the extent of his injuries. Um, so, like, in that moment, we see it. And then also at the very end as he's moving to the rehab center and we, we watch the nurses dressing him and every little bit, like moving him onto his shoulder, pulling up, you know, like every little bit of them dressing him and how humiliating it is. And we really see like, cause when Lila's there, we get to pretend for a minute, just like they do that life is okay. And they're just like boyfriend and girlfriend in high school. But then the nurses come in and you know, he can't dress himself. He can't do anything. Um, So I thought they did a great job of fleshing that out. Yeah. And like you as a viewer, you're not thinking about that stuff either. So they they kind of paired your realization with his. Mm -hmm. So when obviously the first two episodes, you're like, oh, my gosh, football. That's all you think about in his future and Mm -hmm. and the fact that he can't walk. But like you don't think about how he can't like be intimate with Lila. Like Mm -hmm. you're not thinking about like those small but very big aspects of his injury. Totally. Yeah. So I really love that moment. I found it to be super 
authentic. Um, I also wrote down Tim and Jason's mom was really sweet. Uh, what did you think about the guy harassing Julie at the Alamo freeze? Yeah, I literally put that dick in Alamo freeze. Yeah. Like that. And that was one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, I guess this would happen. I don't know. I don't but know. it was just like, really? I But I did love Coach's um little wave and flick at oh, the end because yeah. he's like, he's just being nice and he just waves at him like, thank you. And then he kind of like throws at him like almost like he's yeah, flicking like, him off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also just love how quickly he catches on. You know, the guy gets like a couple words out to Julie before Coach T turns around and is like, can I help you? <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. But they walked away without their feast. Without their onion rings today. Can I get a turkey burger? <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote down the voodoo Tatum situation. Pretty racist. Yeah, I also didn't love Katrina Kid as a name either. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, but I also think that it was par- partially a mechanism of, you know, them introducing this character in the way that he's going to be used on the show and by the coaches is that like they are he is being treated like an object or like somebody without a real identity. They're just like, this is a football player. Get him on the field. And I think yeah. we're supposed to understand that he's they're not treating him respectfully. And that's why Coach Taylor is like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Yeah. Um, so I just really uncomfortable with the situation, clearly. Yes. But he has I never to noticed. go along with it to an extent because he's on his last leg. Yeah. I never noticed the first couple times I've watched this that I think it's the Arnett meet or whatever. The his the coach is there in the hotel room before they walk up and they have this awkward moment like, hey, you're talking to him, too. Like, oh, yes. They're trying yeah, to like and it's another it's a coach little, in the hallway. You know, illegal. Oh, Not yeah. Illegal, so like. That's a good little mansplain. Maybe next week. I know. Um, Maybe next week. So recruiting. recruiting at the high school level is illegal. So what Buddy was proposing, you know, he's doing it sort of under the table. He's like, you know, we can help connect you with the service that can provide you with a really nice house and a job. And that, that is, icky. yeah, that is sneaky, sneaky recruiting tactics that they do do at a high school level. <laughs> do do. Do do. <laughs> But the show does get into some recruiting details later in other episodes. They do, like in, in like way later seasons. Too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I just wrote that down to research. Yeah, more we'll break it down. Time. But yeah, so that's why Coach Taylor's feeling uncomfortable with the whole situation. And also, so basically, this kid is displaced, so he doesn't have an address. So all the different schools, they're public schools, so they're trying to compete for him to move into their district so that he will attend their school. That's what they're sort of right. fighting over. Right. And offering him things um yes amenities amenities yeah okay i kind of want to talk about lila's mom lila's parents in her conversation that she has with lila about you know like her dedication to jason what what would you do if that happened to your daughter gosh i know i i think i'd be the same as them because i i mean i i think i'd be a little different you know i would try to see from her eyes a little more that you know everything in high school feels like the biggest thing in the world just in general and then this guy that you've been dating that you want to marry like is going through this tragic thing so I think I would try to be a little more empathetic Mm kind of meet her where she is but I would also have the same exact concerns as them and I'd want her to experience life fully and not be at the hospital every second of every day totally um yeah, I agree. But I also f- felt like this was a teeny little flaw 
in the plot of this episode because while her mom is being totally totally legitimate she's like um you know you can't spend your i i I don't think i would want my daughter to spend her life by choice or to decide to spend her life with with somebody who'd had that sort of inner injury oh you you mean like long term yeah yeah but i was kind of more thinking short term but that's also a big well, because she and, she and the parents admit it. Lila's mom, when she's talking to Buddy, is like, you know, she has been obsessed with this guy for a long time. And we kind of let it happen. Like, she's not thinking about college. She's not thinking about anything. She's just like, I'm going to marry Jason. Okay. Um, but I do think it's a teeny little flaw because I feel like this conversation would naturally happen between them like three months down the line. But we're actually mm-hmm. like only a week past his accident. Yeah, that's true. Which it's is a, a little, little too soon. Out of sync, yeah. but kind of let it let it happen yeah we forgive it but i do agree i would struggle with that i mean it's a huge huge commitment to be the partner of somebody who's handicapped also like uh, i think we've established he's quadriplegic or at least partially paraplegic i don't know either way he's a debilitating handicap and (laughs) it is i'm (laughs) sorry I don't know why your face just made, like either way like it's, a, it's serious. He's hurt bad. Sorry, not to laugh at the situation. <laughs> she was laughing at me, not at the injury. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it's a big deal, and and it sounds horrible. And I get like where her parents are conflicted because Lila is lucky lucky enough to be to have an out and to be young enough to just kind of walk away and let him build his life separately. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to ask. A child to do but i think yeah. that she her whole world kind of shattered at that moment her whole like Definitely. perspective her reality just like totally got pulled out from under her yeah it's not just jason it's just it's the whole spectacle and the vision that she had of mm-hmm. who they are in high school and who they're going to be in the future and she's finally being told that she's not going to have that because in her, in Lila's head right now, Jason's going to walk in a year and everything will be normal. Right. Um, and so but they're like, like, that's Lila. not going to. Yeah. And this is part of this whole episode, which is Lila coming to terms with it. But um, yeah, her whole, I don't, I doubt that she's ever done anything that her parents disagreed with. Her parents and Jason's parents have loved them dating up until this point. Yeah. So she's feeling very out on an island, probably. Do you ever also forget that buddy's her dad they just like, yes. sometimes do not go together for me at all i know it does crack me up i can't believe that a man like that would have birthed a woman like that i know looks wise um, <laughs> looks wise do we want to play the scene of jason yelling at her now or do we want to yes let's do it all right cool go to dinner next year when you're all better when i'm better lila i don't know if you noticed but i'm not getting any better can you see that Come on, Jason, you gotta have faith. Lila, stop. Jason. Listen to me. A lot of this movement. is just a little hiccup. That's all. It's a year. In one year, you'll be back on track. Lila, stop it. You will go stop to the Stop it! Stop! My legs are never gonna get better. Ever. There are cases, lots of cases. And those cases aren't me. All right? I don't even have full use of my hands. I'll be lucky if I get that back. All right? I can't even put my own shoes on enough. How can you not see that? The hell is 
wrong with you? I'm just trying to help. Yeah, but you're not helping. You want to help, then stop pretending that everything's okay. Why are you getting so mad? Because every night when I go to sleep, I dream that I can walk again. And every morning I wake up, and I have to accept it all over again. And then you walk in here, all smiles and acting like nothing's wrong, and it's killing me. So get this through your head, all right? My life, as we knew it, over. Don't say that, Jason. Football, over. <laughs> Notre Dame, going pro, all that, gone. You and me, we're not getting married. So I need you to do something for me, all right? Get out. Get out! Don't just look at me, go! I'll be back tomorrow for when they transfer you to the rehab facility. Okay. Don't say that, Jason. Um. Don't say that, Jason. We love that line. <laughs> we do. But I do love that moment. Yeah. Finally, Lila. I mean, she just needed somebody to yell. She needed to hear that. Yeah. And Jason finally breaks and yeah. he needed to. And I just love that you can see it just building on his face when he's like, she's like, this is exactly the birthday I wanted. It's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. You wanted him to be walking and you wanted to go to apple piece or whatever you know you didn't want to be in the hospital with him like i know what she meant but like it's yeah i think you can also see it on her face too and Mm -hmm. um i love the line that she says when she's like you can't think like that jason she says it's so monotone you can tell that she doesn't believe herself anymore at this point yeah and she's just kind of going through the motions so like they're both arriving there um and she's already just been kind of like uh blindsided by her parents right before walking into this true and and i also totally empathize with jason like can you imagine sitting in the hospital room all day like figuring out how you're gonna survive this and your life and then your little beam of sunshine girlfriend walks in every day and tells you you're gonna walk in a year like i would fight that hard too (laughs) yeah same um so lila has just oh wait i also did want to (laughs) say This scene, I could not help but be reminded this scene of an Airbud slash any dog movie ever. Just leave, leave, go away. Oh, yeah. He kicks his dog out. Airbud always makes me think of vanilla pudding. Pudding, oh, yes. Yeah. The sound uh, effect when he's eating the, the lapping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, but Lila has just been to- like kind of blindsided by her parents and then just totally ripped a new one by Jason. So understandably, she is in a rough spot. Yeah. Um, on a lighter note, the rally girls doing Tim's homework. It just bothered okay. me. <laughs> well, I put this in my in my stray obsies. Is the East of Eden girl the same girl he like assaulted in episode two? Oh, I, I kind of wondered, but I couldn't tell. I don't think we saw she enough of really her similar, in but two. I mean, episode two season <laughs> she looked really similar i mean it she doesn't did. matter but it's just curious so tim's not doing any of his homework in case anybody was wondering he's not doing his homework he's not playing football he's not going to see his best friend yeah so tim out with his girlfriend hardcore self-destructing Spiraling. right now which is a subtle yeah. office reference the deposition in every episode we're gonna do okay it. <laughs> i hate myself because i just 
I literally saw Rashida Jones. That is some hardcore self-restraint. Core self-destruct. It's actually not the death. It's the job. It's season three finale because it's when they're all interviewing for Jan's job and Jan gets fired. Right. Is it? Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. My yeah, bad. Yeah. My so bad. the depositions later. It's all good. Um, what else? Oh, oh wait, I wait. Know? Hold on. And that's when Karen Rashida Jones leaves to go meet lunch have lunch with her friends and then jim's sitting there and the receptionist picks up the phone she's like dunder mifflin this is whatever her name is and he just looks up and I smiles know. love that <laughs> cut. uh so now it's like a classic dopey jim face yes um okay so let's talk about riggins riggins is hardcore self-destructing right now he's like ignoring lila at this point he's kind of he kind of you know blew off jason's mom you know he's like i'll call you uh, yeah. He walks off the field at practice. Just you can tell he's super defeated. He doesn't even fight Coach Taylor. He just takes off his helmet and walks off the field. Yeah. And then he doesn't even go to the pancake supper. That's true. We did not see him at the that's spa. the biggest. That's the biggest part. That was the biggest. Oh, plot which I, the I meant to say my <laughs> I meant to say in fashion that Tyra has a real cute open back top that she wears. Oh, to the pancake I did supper. like that top, and I and liked to her. She had cute. Upside down cross earrings, which I don't think, you know, meant anything. It was just a design. <laughs> I don't think she yes. worships the devil. I don't think she's a Wiccan, but <laughs> she, I just like that they're making her, like, like I said in the pilot, she just looks like typical bad girl. And she, yeah. now she's just like edgy and cute and cool. Anyway. Yeah. They kind of, I love Tyra had a, her first like big strong moment in this episode. Yeah. But before we get there, I just want to note that so after Tim walks off the field, I loved that moment between the coaches um, when Coach Taylor kind of finds out that Riggins is blaming himself. The assistant coach just pulls him aside and is like, hey, just let him let him walk. Um, yeah. He's like, he, he's been watching that tape over and over and over again. And then he has this Ins- line that I just Ins- love. Insightful dope. I, I mean, he's like, I, I love it that, that, that it's that coach. Also, you think that Coach Taylor would get it. Remember how I said that that coach reminded me of the assistant coach in Remember the Titans? Yes. Aren't they both called Mac? <laughs> Maybe. Honestly, I think that, that they sounds are. really familiar. Yeah. Anyways, Mac <laughs> says to him a line that I love. He says, you can blame yourself. Because coach is like, why is he blaming himself? He was on the other side of the field. He just says, you can blame yourself for anything if you think about it long enough. Mm. I love that line. I love that line, too. And then it just kind of cuts to Riggins slowly walking off the field. Yeah. And I just love that all these little, little threads are mm-hmm. being pulled at Coach Taylor that, you know, Taylor, I mean, Taylor Kitsch, Tim walks off the field, but then he realizes that he's blaming himself. And then mm-hmm. there's the voodoo stuff. And then we'll get to later the smash stuff. There's just like, mm-hmm. you can just see all these points bubbling up into the big finale. And I thought they, they placed those really well. Totally. The only thing I felt like I was missing that they didn't give us is... From Tim walking off the field until he decides to go. So like when Coach calls the team together late at night, Tim shows, which we didn't really get to see his journey or if there was like any turmoil on him deciding to show up since he had just walked off the field. But Oh, well, I guess Billy goes in the weight room and he's like, you got to go to practice or whatever. Yeah. You just mean like him deciding to show up to that? Yeah. Yeah. But um either way so we go from riggins walking off the field uh to our or at least my favorite part of the episode shall we play it what part wind sprints 
I know, but we haven't done Tim and Tyra's breakup. I keep. Oh, that's true. I was like, this is your favorite part. (laughs) For some reason, I uh, thought that that was after. Um, Yeah, let's do Tim and Tyra's breakup where. We don't don't have to play it. No, I want to because um, I wrote a note that says that he sounds like every asshole I've ever dated. God, right. He's like, I get it. Like as disengaged as humanly possible. And yeah, me slash Tyra just like being a decent human like are you gonna let me drive like are we gonna have a conversation right. and they're just like bye i'm like seriously again you know tim go to therapy <laughs> tim is a uh, talk about your fixer up <laughs> yes that is so no that is the lion king oh well they do do the whole they literally say that in frozen talk about your fixer upper when they're visiting the trolls and then they sing the fixer upper song (gasps) it's just a little bit of fixer i know but i hate that it's from lion king it it is from lion king that's that was the original after the rain (laughs) after the long rain of scar (laughs) okay here's tim and tara's breakup you know you're such a big tough guy you can't even go see jason in the hospital i mean damn it tim grow a set why don't you because we both know the trains that's what this is all about Hey, Tyra, how's Smash? Was he good? Did you have a nice time? Nothing happened. Not really. It's just a tip. Besides, don't pretend like you haven't slept with half the rally girls. <laughs> we sure do have something special here, Tyra. I do yeah, love you know, that maybe line. You're right. I do. Maybe I am wasting my time. Because you are just another mediocre football player who's going to grow up to drink himself to death. Maybe we should just end this right now. See you around then. I am serious, Tim. Are you listening to me? If I get in that car right now, I'm never coming back. Do you understand? I get it. That's it? Breaking up for real, and that's all you have to say. That was great. Yeah, I mean... It is interesting, though, because, like, you can tell that they're just so toxic. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, we do have something special here. Like, we just cheat on each other constantly. Yeah. And we, But at the same time, he's just being such a dick. Right. And we see our big first strong Tyra moment where she mm-hmm. really comes at him. And she's like, seriously, you asshole. Like, this is all because of Jason. And you can't even admit that. And you're like, even if they don't have a healthy relationship, like, it's they kind of imply that they've at least been emotionally involved for some time and she's like we're gonna break up for real and you can't even handle this you can't handle that like she just really lays into him yeah and i liked it i liked it too she put him in his place she did and and i also really empathize with her you know she's like after all this like we're breaking up for real you say nothing and she gets into her car and she even hesitates she like gives him a chance mm-hmm. to add to like tell her to get back out of the car and uh no go tim is uh beelining for self-destruction on this one seriously but i did love so, that yeah. tyrant moment so all these things all these seeds are planted with the panthers and, and lila and tim and lila and tim and coach taylor has that great ovaltine line right <laughs> which we've already played but before we play this clip i oh i just want to outline like what we've just been pulling at before this clip so like lila has been hit like blindsided by her parents blindsided by jason she her whole reality has shifted she feels like she has no one on her side tim in the in the exact same way 
he just got shit on by Tyra. He got shit on by his brother. He got shit on by Coach Taylor. He walks off the field. Both of them have not come to terms with Jason's injury and are facing consequences for it and feel like totally isolated. And I loved watching that parallel between two characters that we don't really see interact much until meow. Totally. And then we see the smash interview and I just love coach's little smirk. He's like, that's it. And he gets the phone up and Tammy's like, don't do it. He's like, Oh, I'm doing it. Let's go, gentlemen. Let's go. What's he going to do? Kill us all? (laughs) Maybe. here to see it monica and i were both double fist pumping in the air during that <laughs> we were <laughs> i just love when the music picks up oh so it's good. amazing very uh left side side strong, strong side. side left side oh strong side that's a little very rem- remember the titans reminiscent yep um yeah i just love that scene we get to see smash step up as a leader we get to watch coach taylor kick their butts and we get to see some good old communal misery bringing people together we love it we do but it, it does work and and you know coach taylor really like needed to be alpha again mm-hmm. and i love the shot because i love the shot when after he goes clear eyes full hearts and they start charging again and it shows coach taylor they're all running past him kind of hitting them and mm-hmm. he's like i got him i got him back and i, lo- I love that shot too 
So we go from that power kind of kind of ebbs and flows for a coach, and you it does. You got to get creative sometimes. And uh, but I also think he knows when to take the back seat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I love that scene, and and we get to watch him sort of uh, sew the team back together into one strong, cohesive, trusting unit quilt or quilt. The Unity Quilt got so many parks and rec. Oh, we love it. Um, okay, so right after this, Tim's walking home, little sad boy, sad prince in the rain. Well, I even have before that, so, you know, after they do the wind sprints, Coach Taylor has his moment with Tim. Oh, yes, so, yes, I love Yeah, this. we get to hear that, and then the kiss. happened at Jason Street was nobody's fault. This is football. Things happen. It was an accident. You understand me? I didn't even try to coach. I didn't even try to coach. You were on the other side of the field. It wouldn't have mattered. It was an accident. It was not your fault. Look at me. I want you to let yourself off the hook, son. I want you to let yourself off the hook. Yes, sir. Be smart. Yes, sir. Now, if you ever walk out of one of my practices again, and I will kick your ass off the team. That's a promise. Understood? You owe me a practice. You walk home. We'll call it even. Ugh, okay. I was just going to say I love that instead, well, instead of saying, like, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, like, uh, very goodwill punting yes very goodwill punting (laughs) but instead of saying like just yelling at him it's not your fault which i feel like is a route they could have gone that would have worked he just says i'm i am telling you to let yourself off the hook because it is something that you have to personally disengage with Mm -hmm. somebody can't just force you to do that so i just loved that little nuance and it was like really hit me in the feels when he says "I i want you to let yourself off the hook yeah, that's so true. It is It is a total, you know, solo responsibility. Mm-hmm. And something else that is a solo responsibility is whose girlfriends you bang. So let's move into the next scene. <laughs> that's true. Just bang with your mouth. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> they only banged with their mouth, much like Tyra and Smash. Yes, they only banged mouths. <laughs> That groovy Pearl Jam. Mm. It's perfect for this scene. This might be my wedding song. I love that idea. What are you doing here? Do you want to ride? <laughs> Isn't it past your bedtime, Lila? Soon enough, Lila. Soon enough. I do love that. I you know, actually I love that line too. I thought God would do me a favor because I'm such a good girl. Isn't that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? It's not stupid. Shut up. What is wrong with you? Jason is in the hospital and you don't even go and see him. You can walk. 
You can walk on your two feet to get another glass of beer if that's what you want to do. Why don't you get it? You make me sick. Why won't you go Look, when see he starts, him? he starts crying. I know. He's your best friend. He hasn't been all the time. Why don't you help me? Why don't you go see <laughs> He's never gonna want <laughs> They are kissing. They are mouth begging right now. Her and we got to see a little uh, Mika Kelly bra strap. We did. Oh, I did notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice that it's any other that time. Okay, that scene makes me cry almost as much as the injury in the pilot. It's so good. And Minka Kelly. I mean, we we tease her a lot for her for her little nasal nasal. That was gonna walk again. I know. Don't like that line, but she is amazing in this scene. She does a great job. I can, and you can feel her anger, and I empathize with it. She's so mad at Tim, but she's just like mad at the situation. She's mad that yeah. Jason wants him and not her, and you just feel all of that. And then there's this, and Monica and I like uh, looked at each other when this happened, which you know this is an auditory medium, so I'm gonna describe it to you. But, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a moment when when Lila's like hitting him, that his face breaks and he like is crying. Yeah. And not only is that just a really powerful moment for these two characters or we both like we watch them both unraveling, but also just an incredible acting moment from both yeah. of them, Minka Kelly and uh Taylor Kitsch. And I just love that I know this is a weird thing to love, but it's it's so powerful in like movies. I think about like the notebook and stuff when a girl is so mad and she's just beating up the guy and the guy just can't do anything because that you can't hit back. Can't and back. so he's just you're just kind of like he's just kind of like taking it and then just trying to like kind of control, like kind of wrangle her mm-hmm. in. And I love in the notebook, he just starts hitting himself. In oh, the I face. know. <laughs> it's just it's like so sweet. I know. And I just love that in that moment he you know, his knee-jerk reaction first is to cry and then just to, like, hold her because mm-hmm. they they are both... They're the on, they're the ones affected most similarly by totally. this. And they're just dealing with it in such opposite ways. And so that friction is so palpable. And then, I mean, I remember it's so funny now, now that I'm old and wise, <laughs> you know, I'd watch this and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to make out. But I remember, like, when I was young, that was so shocking to me, that moment. I was like, what? Them too? Like, I remember too. But I also, yeah. there's part of me, I keep going back and forth in my head about, I get annoyed with the trope in TV where it's like sadness leads to sexiness because I don't yeah. think that's super real in real life. Um, yeah. But I also believe it in this episode, not only because of the amazing performances, but also they're teenagers and they don't have control of their emotions and there's so much that they're experiencing right now. I find it believable. I do too. And like the, even in the way that they kiss, it's like, she mm-hmm. just grabs his face and she's just mm, like, yeah, it's not, does. I know. I mean, it's hot, but it's like, it's not <laughs> it's like, <so> <laughs> <hot>. <laughs> it's 
it's so hot. But it's not like tender. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, let's have gentle. a fun make out. It's like, mm, I'm going to kiss you because I don't know what else to do. And yeah. I just have so many feelings and they're spilling over. And I love that. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's an amazing scene and it's absolutely brilliant writing. Like these two characters, we haven't barely even seen them in the same room yet. They're totally different people, but they're having the exact same spiral. Yeah. And I love it. And it's it's interesting that he spirals so down and she spirals so up. It's mm-hmm. like he's he's so, you know, buried under his insecurities. You know, well, actually, it's kind of similar. It's like they both can't deal with their emotions, mm-hmm. but she's just choosing to go so positive and he's just choosing to go so negative. Totally. And so but that's at the why bottom it's so it, explosive. Neither of them have come to terms with Jason's injury at all. Exactly. Like neither is working. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we hear her you know, finally admit to the world, I also think about just going back to the positive and negative. I think about a really good Reliant K lyric, bring it all together. Yes. And the song Overthinking, he says, Ugh, um, don't touch the positive. Same. It's like a little too real for me. Mm, I <laughs> do it all the time. <laughs> um, but it says, don't touch the positive with the negative end because after all the sparks, you're still alone in the dark. I do mm. love that line. So good. But it's true, and this was a really great scene, and obviously a crazy cliffhanger. Yes, and I thought her when she, you know, when she shows up at the hospital the other day, or sorry, the next day, and mm-hmm. Jason's like, "Can we just forget it all happened?" She's like, "Yeah." I thought the shot of her like just standing up and being like realizing what she's done, yep. was so good. It's like exactly how that. you would react. Yeah, loved that. Hated Jason saying that was his apology. Can we just pretend like yeah. that didn't happen? Um, no, we cannot, asshole. You just said you weren't going to marry me, and I feel like that's a big deal. <laughs> I know. I mean, I said this from the beginning. Like, this injury just exposes how, you know, kind of surface level and yeah. fairy tale their their relationship is. Mm-hmm. And they've never, I'm sure they've never had a fight or a fight that big. Totally. Um, And so they don't even know how to deal with it. And so, yeah, yeah I did not like that resolution. Yeah, but obviously agreed. she's not going to get mad because she's done something mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So I can't wait to watch that play out. I love the scene. It's really emotional for me and probably for anybody who watches it. I think it tugs at something that we like everybody's experienced. Yeah. Um, so but good. I have a good segue into Stray Obsies because there's a hilarious line or I think it's hilarious uh, when Lila's yelling at Tim. She goes, you have your legs. You can walk and get a glass of beer. <laughs> That's what I wrote. That's what I said I'm going to save save because it's so perfect. She's so cute. You say you would say like a, a can of beer or a bottle of beer or just a or beer. Just like a, beer. A, yeah. a, a glass, glass of beer. And also speaking formally as a he- like as a former heavy drinker, heavy drinkers don't pour glasses of beer. <laughs> Let me tell you. Tim Riggins is not chilling any pint glasses in his fridge. <laughs> um, but before Strabzies, just to reiterate, then it ends with Voodoo coming on the field. And we yes. just talked about how it's so great because I said, we've forgotten this plot point mm-hmm. because we have. And it's it's so good because you're off you're off this high of the big clear eyes full hearts, but then it just digs another wrench mm-hmm. in and you're like, oh shit, how are they going to deal with this? Yes. And I also think that it like, I love that they end on that because they could have easily ended on Jason. They could have ended on Tyra and I mean, Lila and Tim, um, but they didn't. They ended on Voodoo walking onto the field, which in a way almost unravels all of the work that Coach did with the team. Like the yeah. whole episode is him bringing together this team, saying that it doesn't rely on one person alone. And then Voodoo walks onto the field and 
we kind of, you know, see that or wonder, you know, at the genuineness of his efforts. And that's obviously going to yeah. get into the next episode. But I love how they like kind of unraveled their own work at the end. <laughs> I know. I thought it was so because it's it, it, it's it was the harder decision mm-hmm. to go with, you know, than just to be like. I mean, I mean, it is and it isn't because it's good to continue the story. You right. want to know what happens next. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay. So I only have two more strays before we I rate. just have one. So what did you think of the shot? I think this was right before the title sequence of Jason seeing the field from his hospital bed. Remember I thought that was Titans. like a little, oh, was the a little cheesy. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it's perfectly there. Like, I didn't like that. No, that was a little extra. Um, yeah. But also not unbelievable in a town like that. Right. But yeah, it's like, you I know, agree. he's high up in a hospital bed. You could see it. Yeah. I just the shot was a little cheesy. To That's me. funny, though, because I thought that scene was kind of cheesy. I mean, not that they did it on purpose, but that they again were very remember the Titans with the guy in the hospital bed watching the little TV in anguish. Oh, because after oh, his yes. accident, he's like watching the game. <laughs> I know. I love in Remember the Titans. He, like the nurse comes in. He's like, don't come in here. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Other than can't you see the family resemblance? That's my brother. Ugh. Don't get us started on that movie. Don't. OK, my straight my, obvi. Or yeah, go with your last one. My straight obvi. Um, the only other thing I said was he says to Matt says to Landry, you're retarded, which would not I pulled the go clip. That today. was mine. <laughs> Ready? Go. You're retarded. And in a lot of cultures, they believe older women to be very powerful witches. <laughs> I left in that quote from Landry because I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I Matt, that. dropping the R word. Hello, early 2000s. Yeah, not okay. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Um, okay, <laughs> are we, we ending wait? on that note? <laughs> Yes, that's kind of sad. <laughs> uh, we can end it on on Landry's amazing comment about witches, which I find to be astute and hilarious. <laughs> yes, he has a great conspiracy theory that Matt's grandma's a witch. <laughs> I love it. And then she comes out and she goes, um, you got to remember to water, water the kids. The children. Goes, he goes, you mean, oh yeah, <laughs> do you mean water the plants? This is part of, this can count as another stray off. This is a part of her like senility that irritates me. It just like seems so fake to me, like, Go water the children. You mean flowers? Right. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, okay. You mean flowers, Grandma? <laughs> you called them children, you silly goose. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. But I just, I love Landry and Matt's uh, side conversations yes. are just hilarious. I can't wait to start getting more Landry. Oh, same. Yep. All right. If you haven't seen it, can you guess who he might smooch? I'm just going to plant that. No one will guess. No one will guess. start thinking because he gets his mouth bang on. (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry about that. I know. Mouth bang. It's it's now a part of this podcast. Too bad. So sad. Sorry about it. Well, we have to we have to end on a panther loss this week and hope hope for the best next next Friday. We do. I think I rated first last time, so I think it's you. I I love I love this episode. I do find the like first half or so to not be like super packed, but those last few scenes are so amazing and I love the way that they wrote the dual 
the dual spirals of Tim and Lila and Pearl Jam. You're always going to get me with Pearl Jam. So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7 7 glasses of beer out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be mine so I got to think of something. I knew it was going to be yours. <laughs> okay. I agree. I this isn't my favorite episode overall, but because of the wind sprint scene and the Lyle and Tim. I'm going to give it a 7.5 mm. out of 10 soy sausages. I love it. Love it. Julian, that health kick. Uh-huh. Um, so next week, we're going to have our first guest. <gasps> yes. Oh, my gosh. I forgot that we can tease this. Yes. Y'all, we're so excited. Um, we have a guest. We won't spoil who it is because you don't know him yet. It's Taylor Kitch. <laughs> <laughs> Big win for the podcast early Big on. Big win. We're already doing so well. <laughs> no, uh, it's not Taylor Kitsch. He said he has a previous engagement um, to me. We are getting married, so. <laughs> but yeah, we do have a first guest, and he is he is involved in the show. It's not just a yeah. friend, which we will have just our friends on, but we're really excited to do something different next week. Yes, he... Um, With we'll Who's have, Your Daddy. Yeah, well, he has lots of cool stories, has spent a lot of time with the main characters and a lot of time on set and and that's all we're gonna tell you oh and he is mysteriously related to me yes he's kevin bacon yep <laughs> it's kevin bacon we're having kevin bacon. you know six degrees of six degrees of kevin yes. bacon okay i know what you're talking about but we can't explain it because it's too deep no we can't okay um if you want to follow us we are tx forever pod on instagram and twitter and then if you want to follow me. We've got about nine followers on Twitter. So yeah, please, out. guys, follow us on Twitter. Twitter is it's it's abysmal. Like, honestly, really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to follow me, Carly Rutledge, on Instagram, I am cool.cactus.media. Um, expect lots of That's food. her real name. Yep. My real name is Carly cool. Rutledge is her stage name. Yeah. I was named Cool Media. <laughs> my last name is Cactus. Middle name is Cactus. Not even in order. <laughs> um... Yes, so that's it. <laughs> Monster. Yeah, you. Okay, you can follow me. In the pilot episode, I go, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Which was disgusting. But yeah, it's just my name on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, we can't wait for our guest and for you guys to follow us on Twitter like we asked. And that's it. <laughs> and I will probably say this. I Actually, let me get it out now because we do have a guest and I need to be a little more professional. But when I heard that the next title was Who's Your Daddy, I thought about the, my favorite Michael Scott quote. And he goes, I am your big daddy and he is and I am here to kiss the boo boo. <laughs> Please don't call yourself daddy. <laughs> Please don't call yourself daddy. That is the office. <laughs> yes, and that was um, an exchange between Oscar and Michael Scott. Yes, and we will leave you with that. We will. All right. Thanks, y'all. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Didn't know it was a devil town. Oh, Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. All my friends were vampires Didn't know they were vampires Turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town